0: Okay, uh, so this morning, um, we're going to play a little game, okay? We're going to try a little game. So I need a volunteer uh, to, to play a game that we want to play. Who, who, okay, all right, good. All right, just stay there. Just stay there, it's okay. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Um, you need some friends, so we're going we're gonna, to... Okay, Jared, you're going to be the next one, and then we're going to go this way, okay? All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a phrase... And you can't tell anybody what it is, okay? And you can't say it out loud. But what I want you to do when I give you the phrase is I want you to whisper it in his ear, okay? All right, so we need quiet because we got to have a good concentration. So you're going to whisper it in his ear. And then whatever he whispers in your ear, I want you to whisper into his ear, okay? And then we'll go down the line, and then you'll be last. Is that okay? All right, no pressure. What's about to happen to you is not your fault. Okay, I just want you to know that. All right, so here we go. You ready? All right, I'm going to give you this phrase. Now, don't show anybody. You can read it. You can read it once, all right? But then after you read it, you got to fold it, and you put it in your pocket. You can keep it, okay? All right, don't let Jared see it. Just read it. Just read it. When you, when you Yeah, right. So when you get it it's it's English, I promise. When you get it read, what I want you to do is from your memory, I just want you to whisper to him so nobody else can hear, Okay? No pressure, everyone's watching. It's totally fine. All right, you ready? You think you got it? (laughs) Wait, that's the second time you looked at it, right? Oh, third time, okay, all right, last time. (laughs) Oh, you got to whisper so nobody can hear, okay? All right, here we go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, all right. Just hold on to what you got. I want to talk to you for a minute, okay, because okay, so you're going to go last, okay. so what you're going to do when it gets to you is you're going to close your eyes and you're just going to tell us all what you heard. Okay. That's it. All right. that, is that cool? Yes. You don't have to stand up or anything. Just close your eyes and you just tell us what you okay, all right, go ahead, Jared. All right, here we go. Here, here, wait, wait, you guys can't hear, so you got yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right. Kind of on the clock here.. <laughs> Don't you want to know what's going on? All right, you got it. Okay, now you tell, but you have to scoot away a little bit because you don't want to hear. Okay, all right, all right. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you you ready? Okay, go ahead. She's last. Go ahead and tell her. Here we go. All right. Now here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you the microphone. You can just sit down, close your eyes. Close your eyes, don't open your eyes. Whatever you do, don't open your eyes, okay? And then what I'm gonna do is with your eyes closed, don't peek, I'm gonna put on the screen what I handed to him. And then I'm gonna let her say what she heard, okay? Don't know, you can't look, you can't look. Can she, can she say it again? No, she can't say it again. No, close your eyes, close your eyes. It's not your fault, I told you at the beginning. What's happening to you is not your fault. All right, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't open them. All right, put it on the screen. Don't open your eyes. Okay, now say what you heard. The dog named Bruce ran loose through the spruce forest. Okay, you can open your eyes and look. That's not too bad, right? Hey, give her a hand. She did a great job. I I just want you to know that here at Kingwood Church, we train our master's commission students with the most incredible retention skills and there's evidence right there. All right, but, but it doesn't take like a, a ninja to figure out that that wasn't exactly what, where it started, right? So here's the thing, this started with a whisper and the further you get away from the original whisper, the more confusing things get. And so this series we've been talking about, we call it Whisper, we've been talking about how God speaks to us through a whisper. But so many times we have trouble hearing His voice because we hear His voice through so many other links because we don't have a personal relationship with Him, so we're just taking everybody else's word for it that that's what He's saying. But what happens is, is God wants to have a personal relationship with you that's, that He's close enough to you that He can whisper, and you can hear Him. So this morning, if you have something to write with, I want to give you some principles that are going to help you know how to hear God's voice in your own life. Number one, know your heart. Now here's what I mean by that. When it comes to the ability to hear God's voice, desire is more important than ability. Desire is, because here's what happens. And when you start talking about this, we say, hey, God wants to speak to you personally. God wants to share things with you. God wants to lead you. God wants to direct you. God wants to guide you. Boy, the questions just start to pop up in the room and they sound like this. How? How? right? How? How's that going to happen? How how, how does God speak? You know, what method does He use? And here's what I just want to say to you this morning. How is not nearly as important as what? How you hear God's voice is not nearly as important as what's in your heart. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Do you have a sustaining desire to hear God's voice? Do you hunger to know God personally? Do you long to be led by God intimately because desire is more important than technique? So if you have a very low desire to hear God's voice, you're going to have a very difficult time hearing God's voice regardless of what technique you use. It really doesn't matter. There are other things inside our heart that also can prevent us from hearing God's voice. Maybe you say, Uh, you don't know what kind of life I've lived, or you don't know what kind of life I'm living. And all of that can be boiled down to this one thing. I can't hear God's voice. I can't discern what God wants to say or to do or whatever because I'm not worthy. Now, let me tell you what the Bible teaches about that. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... And he lives in your heart. Your sins have been forgiven. The veil has been torn that covered the Holy of Holies that separated you from God. And you are absolutely 100% worthy because Jesus' death makes you worthy to hear his voice. Right? See, the Christian life is not a fight for victory. It's a fight from victory. Because Jesus already won the victory. And if you know that, then you can hear his voice. Now, there's other things that can run around in our heart that prevent us uh, from hearing God's voice. Sometimes we don't hear God's voice because we're afraid of what he might say, right? He might want to talk about something that I don't want to talk about, so let me just kind of keep a distance from him. You know, we don't want God to talk to us about you know, tithing and forgiveness and sin and serving. We want God to talk to us about blessings and abundance and provision. So watch, sometimes we choose ignorance because it's more comfortable than disobedience. And we say, well, I I never heard that. I don't know anything about that. Whatever the reason, the most dangerous place that you and I as Christians can ever be at is a place where we have no desire to hear God's voice. That is a dangerous place for us to be. So, how do you hear God's voice? Number one, know your heart. Number two, know God's heart. Now, what is God's heart? What is God's motive? If you know God's motive, you're going to have a much easier time discerning God's leading and voice in your life. 1 John 4, 16 tells us. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We rely on the love God has for us. God is love. So let me say it to you this way this morning. Everything God says to you is loving because God is love. So, so think about how this plays out. Sometimes we hear these thoughts, these thoughts of shame, These thoughts of embarrassment, these thoughts of condemnation, these thoughts of guilt, these thoughts of fear or worry or, hey, you better get going or you better shape up or you better do this or you ought to do that or you're not worthy for this or after what you've done. We hear all these thoughts that push us down and that is is key number one to discerning whether it's God's voice or not because God doesn't speak that way because God is love. God is always going to speak to build you up, not to tear you down. Uh, Do this. Here's a great discernment tool I've used in my life. I used it uh, much more earlier on in my faith. I would say, where where does this this ought to, this impression, this feeling that I'm having uh, lead me? If I follow it as far as I can follow it, if I follow it as hard as I can follow it, where will I end up? Will it lead me closer to Jesus or further from Him? And if the answer is further from Him, it's not Him. He's not driving you that way. He doesn't drive you. He invites you. He doesn't push you. He invites you. So these voices are not God's voice, and God's not going to speak to you that way. He's not going to scream at you He's not going to condemn you, he's not going to shame you, and he's not going to guilt you. Let me say it again, everything God says is loving because God is love. And knowing God's heart helps us understand when we're hearing from him and when we're not. Now look, you, you, so you say, oh that means that God will never you know, tell you when you're doing something wrong? Well of course he will. But most everybody in this room has had the opportunity to be corrected with love and corrected without love. You've had a teacher, you've had a parent, you've had a grandparent, you've had somebody who corrected you with love and corrected you without love, and it makes a gigantic difference. And you know the difference. Children know the difference. They know when they're loved and when they're not loved. They they can sense something's wrong about this. And so, yes, God will still challenge you. He'll still say, hey, don't go this way, but it's uh, the motive driving behind it is love. So one of the ways that you're gonna know God speaking to you is you're gonna know his heart. And his heart for you is good. He has a heart of love. All right, here's the third one. How, how, do, how do you discern God's voice? Number three, know what is on God's mind. Now, we've all had the experience of being around somebody, you know, who wanted to talk to us. You ever had one of those moments and you could tell they're kind of hem-hawing around and you can tell that there's something they really want to talk to you about, but you can't figure out what it is and they they don't seem to be able to come out with it. You know what I'm talking about? They sort of hem-haw around and kind of imply, sort of say something, sort of look a certain way, you know, and you're, you're thinking, yeah, man, I wish I knew. What are we talking about, you know? What's going on? And, and you leave that time with them, and you walk away, and it just fills your mind with confusion because you're thinking, you know, that thing they said, did they mean this or did they mean this? Because there's a bunch of different ways you can take that. And, and it just leaves you in absolute awkward confusion because you're trying to translate, you know, what did they mean? Sometimes our prayers feel this way because we don't know what's on God's mind. So we're trying to translate, we're trying to interpret, we're trying to understand. And and here's how a lot of our prayers sound. God, what do I do about this? Now now follow me. What decision do I make here? How do I resolve this conflict? And many of our desires about hearing his voice can all fall under the category of, come on God, can't you just make my life a little less complicated, please? Can you talk to me about that? Now watch. Watch. We seek God's voice for direction, but God often uses his voice for revelation. Now, let me explain that. He wants to reveal to you who he is and who you are in him. So we're saying, God, what do I do about this? And God is saying, well, yes, okay, but I want you to know who I am. And I want you to know who you are. So what's on God's mind? What's on God's mind is giving you an ever-unfolding revelation of his character and nature and love. And what's on God's mind is to give you an ever-unfolding revelation of your potential in him. And what do we want to talk about? God, what are we going to do Monday? Right? So, so, So here's what happens. Why does God want to give you an, why is that on his mind? I'll tell you why. If If you don't mind, let me use a slight cultural reference, okay? Because there is a lot of fake news out there about God and about you. A lot of people say God isn't real, he doesn't care, he's not powerful, he's not loving, he's an antiquated idea that in our sophisticated age of technology and medicine and education, we have just outgrown. He helped us through certain points, the perception of God helped us through per- certain times, and you, but we've, we've evolved beyond that. And so God wants to reveal himself because he doesn't want you to have these misperceptions about who he is. God also wants to reveal to you about your potential in him because there's a lot of fake news about who you are. And a lot of you have heard it all your life. You'll never measure up. You're dumb or you're lazy or worthless. You don't try hard enough. You're never going to amount to anything. And it's all not true. God wants to speak to you about your identity as a son or daughter of God. That's what he wants to say to you. So he loves you. He's not mad at you. He has good things planned for you. He wants to build you up and not tear you down. He wants to transform you and heal you and give you a life of wholeness. And he wants you to fulfill your potential. So we're saying, God, what are we going to do about this one decision? God is saying, what are we going to do about you? (laughs) What are we going to do about you knowing me? What are we going to do about that? And, and, and we've had these things hammered into us again, these, these false things again and again and again. And, and we're, we're, we're not just going to hear the truth one time and it's all going to change. So what God actually wants is to walk in a close relationship with you so at every turn he can whisper to you, that's not who I am. This is who I am. That's not who I made you to be. This is who I made you to be. And it's not going to happen in one moment or one revelation. It's a lifestyle of walking with him. God desperately wants you to hear his voice because he wants you to know him and to know your potential in him. So, so um, I, we have a lot of parents in the room, okay? So let's put this in the context of, of a parent. What is more important to you as a parent the single next decision your child will make or what kind of person they will ultimately become in life. What's more important to you? Well, we all know the answer. It's what kind of person they'll become in life because people can make a few bad decisions and still turn out to be really good people, right? Well, look, God's no different. When we seek his voice for direction, we miss the point. God wants to speak to us about his identity and our identity and what kind of people we're going to become. So we say, you know, come on, God, tell me, tell me what I'm supposed to do about this. I'm trying to live my life the right way. I'm trying to be a, you know, a good little boy or a good little girl, and God doesn't want you to do something. God wants you to become something. And if you know that that's what's really on his mind then you'll be able to discern his voice more effectively. He doesn't want you to be a good little boy or a good little girl or a religious person or follow the rules. He wants you to be a son or a daughter of God. And that's a whole different thing. Uh, let Let me say it this way. We want information. God wants identity. What good is it if you have more information, but you never become more? We want direction. God wants destiny. We want a road map. God wants to be our tour guide. It's a whole different relationship. Now, some of you are like, so you're saying we can't pray about what decision to make next? You're saying that God doesn't answer those kind of prayers? Are you saying that we can't get direction or clarity or wisdom or wait? Let me tell you the result of knowing God's identity and knowing your identity in Him. You gain really clear direction. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then, then then, after that, what happens? What comes next? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Your clearest sense of direction is not going to come from more information. It's going to come from transformation. And that's what God wants to give you by revealing his identity to you and revealing your identity in him to you. The better you know God, the clearer it's going to be what God wants you to do. You know, there's some things in my life that uh, I look at now. now. Now, this might not sound right, but follow me. There's some things I look at in my life and I go, I don't need to pray about that. You ever said that? I don't need to pray about that. I already know what to do. Well, how, how, how does that happen? Because I've been walking with Jesus for over 30 years. And I have been transformed and renewed in my mind, and I'm able to approve and test what God's will in that moment is. I don't know that about everything, but there are some things I know that about. I say, no, 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 no. That's not God. How do you know that's not God? Well, because I know God. I know His mind. I know His Word. I've walked with Him. I I, I, I could give you examples all morning, but hey, look, I I don't need to pray about this. This this isn't God's heart. This isn't God's mind. This isn't God's goal. This isn't God's ways. And so you, you gain a discernment about his voice because you know his mind, and the best way we know his mind is through his word. All right, number four. How, how, how do you discern so you know your heart, you know God's heart, you know God's mind? All those things help you discern His voice. Number four, value God's voice. All right, so value has to do with behavior. Uh, if you say, you know, I don't know what I have if, if you want to know what you value, become a student of your own behavior. If you will observe, if you will, if you will look in your uh, bank account, if you will look in your calendar, if you will look where you spend your time and your money, if you'll look into your habits, if you'll look into your routines, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. Your behavior is a dead giveaway about what's important to you a hundred times out of a hundred. So, so, so that's what value has to do. It has to do with Behavior. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Now, I want you to zero in on that word. There were not many visions. Okay, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. In the original Hebrew, that word rare doesn't mean a lack of quantity although that was true, it means valuable. The word of the Lord was valuable. So here's the question. How valuable is God's voice to you? Remember, value is based on behavior. If we were to look at your life and look at my life and look at the way we behave... What would our behavior say to us about how much we value God's voice? So, let me give you this morning quickly now, four simple, I gave you principles, now let me give you practices, okay? Let me give you four simple, basic things you can do, behaviors you can do to value God's voice. If you will do these things, your, you will prioritize God's voice in a higher way in your life, and I guarantee you, your discernment of God's voice will go up. Number one, set an appointment. <laughs> For what? To meet with God. Set an appointment to meet with God. I don't know if Jesus ever sat an appointment to meet with his Father or not to pray, but I do know the scripture tells us he had a regular habit of praying. It was part of his routine. It was part of his life. Luke five sixteen tells us, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He often did it. Whether Jesus set an appointment or not doesn't even really matter to me because Jesus lived in a different culture than we do. And you and I know if something is going to happen in our life, it's because we're going to set an appointment. It's not going to accidentally show up. We just don't live in that kind of rhythm. So we have to schedule it. I mean, we set appointments for everything else. We set doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and appointments with the teacher and the lawyer and uh, lunch appointments and events and vacations and appointment with the accountant. Hello, April 15th's coming. And, uh, you know, appointment with the car, car repair guy. We set appointments with people we don't even like. Right? How do we not set an appointment with the most important person in our life? Set an appointment. When I was in college, I can remember um, a friend once asking me, uh, I'd really become convicted about having a devotional life because I'd heard this statistic in chapel one day, the average pastor in America prays 10 minutes a day. And I went, I can't, I can't be that guy. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I thought, but, I, but I'm not praying much more than that now. <laughs> so what's going to change? You know, I'm going to get my license to pray, and it's just going to change? I thought, no, it's not going to happen. So I began to try to establish, and here's where it started for me. I didn't even know what I was doing. I set an appointment. And, and a friend asked me, like, how is your prayer life? And I said, well, here's what I do. I, I go to, I'm not a morning person, so I go to class every day. You know, go to class, go to chapel, eat lunch, go to class. When class is done, the very first thing I do every day is I go to the prayer chapel and I do my devotions every day. Like I'm not going to the mall, I'm not going to play sports, I'm not going to the soccer field, I'm not going to do another thing. That is an anchor in my day and I'm not changing it. And I will go and meet with God and I'm not doing, I'm not doing homework, I'm not going to work, I'm not doing another thing until that happens. And I set that in my life and that appointment with God had a profound effect on me being able to discern his voice. Uh, Because my relationship with him was flourishing. The the Bible says Jesus often withdrew to quiet places. To hear God's voice, we've got to value God's voice. We've got to value God's voice in in the sense that we prepare ourselves to hear from him. Right? that's That's what an appointment is. It's preparation to hear from God. Can you imagine if you came to church this morning and we weren't prepared? Imagine what it would be like. No leaders or volunteers in children's ministry. You just let the kids stand there in the hallway. Sorry, we got nothing. None of our life group leaders were prepared. No greeters, no ushers. The worship team wasn't prepared. They just kind of came and hum songs. Uh, just hum what is ever on your heart. No sound, no sermon was ready. Can you imagine what that would be like? Well, well I mean, that, that would be miserable. But this is how we oftentimes enter our relationship with God with no preparation, with no appointment, with no priority. But God moves through order. You have to prepare your heart to hear God. So Sometimes people say, I've never heard God speak to me. And my question is, how much time have you spent preparing your heart to hear from him? You know, they don't read their Bible, don't pray, don't have devotions. During worship, they're out running around in the foyer you know, picking up stuff. During the sermon, they're playing on their phone. We stand for prayer, and they leave early. I'm I'm not, that's not correction. I'm just saying, if your life is so loud, you're not going to be able to hear the Holy Spirit who speaks in a whisper until you turn your life down a little bit. And how do you do that? Set an appointment. Like, schedule it. It doesn't have to be five hours. It doesn't have to be at a retreat center. It doesn't have to be in a sanctuary. It can be five or ten minutes sitting in your car. Just maybe you got to work early, and you go, "I'm going to get to work ten minutes early every day. I'm going to sit in my car, and I'm and I'm going to I'm going to set an appointment with God. That's my appointment with God. It could be a, a lunch break by yourself. It could be it could be whatever. Maybe you have a long commute. It, it, it we make this so much harder than it has to be. It's just a place that you can be alone and that there can be a minimal number of distractions. And that could that come at night before you go to bed. It, it could come in so many different ways. But keeping the appointment, I promise you, however small, will be more valuable to you, more effective to you in hearing God's voice than trying to have some big event with God once or twice and then quitting because you go, I can't, I can't maintain this. There is a physical discipline to spiritual realities. And if it overwhelms you and you quit, it doesn't do any good. I think it's much better to do less than you think you should and keep doing it than really, really live up to, you know, a Billy Graham level. You know, I'm going I'm to own this thing. You don't have to kill it. All right, number two, set an appointment and then be still and worship. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that i'm god if if you're just being honest, isn't that one of the hardest things for us to do is to be still? Just to quiet our heart and our mind i I, I don't mean be still on the outside when i most of the time when I pray, I walk because it helps me focus. so if you see me walking somewhere on the property or at a park, I'm probably praying because it helps me focus. You don't have to be still on the outside. Walking helps me quiet my inside. And and it may not do anything for you. It doesn't matter. You just have to find where is the place that you can quiet your thoughts and your heart and be still. Wherever that is, set the appointment and go to that place. And then, we've said be still, and then turn your attention to God. God, I I worship you today, and I I bless you and praise you and worship you, and and I just thank you for everything you've done in my life. Just turn your attention to God. Number three, these are things that will help you hear God's voice. Pray and read. Psalm 119, 147 says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I pray. I've put my hope in your word and I read. So, a lot of times people ask, you know, what do I pray and what I read? I'm going to tell you exactly what to pray and exactly where in the Bible to read. And it'll be so life changing for you, your devotions are going to absolutely explode after this morning. So, you ready? You ready for this revelation? Here's exactly what you should pray. Pray whatever is on your heart. Go to the meeting place. Be still in worship and pray whatever's on your heart. What are you worried about? What problems do you not have a solution to? What decision do you need to make? You don't know what to do. What relationships are struggling? Who are you concerned about and and you want God to work in their life? Our little hearts get so full. Go to your prayer place and empty your heart. And just and just you can't hear God with a cluttered heart. Go and empty your full heart. All right. Now I'm going to share with you exactly where to read in the Bible. You ready? On the inside. (laughs) I've read the outside. I've memorized it. Holy Bible. You know, NIV. On the inside. There is no magic place to read. It's all magic. <laughs> read on the inside. So you might want to start if you don't read the Bible much or at all, start simple. Maybe the book of John or Mark or Proverbs or Psalms or start in a book. Start at the first chapter. Read until something some insight comes to you. Maybe it's a chapter, a half a chapter, maybe it's a verse, and stop. Get off the treadmill of I got to meet this daily quota of how much I got to read, or uh, you, I promise you, you're going to embrace a religious system that's going to wear you out. Take out the Bible. Now, now, why is it important to read the Bible? Because God writes like He speaks. So when you read the Bible, you're actually learning to know his voice. All right, number four, last one, write and listen. Now, I'll break this down a little bit more simply, these points, because by now you're going, oh, my goodness, I need three hours a day to do this. You don't. Habakkuk 2, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. The best way I know to hear God's voice is to write down your prayers and write down what you think That God is saying to you, just write it down. Just write it. That's why I encourage every time I preach. You hear me say, if you have something to write with today, why do I do that? Because I believe that this is a moment that God could speak to you. And if you write down what's sticking out to you, what's what you're hearing, you just might be hearing God's voice. It might sound like my voice. It might be something I'm not even saying. But, the, but in this atmosphere, in this moment of stillness in your heart, something's coming into your spirit. You write that down. You, 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 I write things down not because I look at them again. I write things down because I remember them if I write them down. And if I don't, I, I don't remember them. They're gone. So look, this doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just write down, watch. Write down what you're learning Either from the Bible, from a sermon, from whatever. Write down what you're learning. Write down what insights you're gaining, or what thoughts that have come to you. And here's what I guarantee you. You will find God's voice in the middle of that. That's where His voice will be. So, let's review real quick here, okay? Because this could be a lot. Set an appointment. Be still in worship. Pray and read. Write and listen. Now, Some of you say, man, that that is a lot. It is a lot if if you don't have that habit in your life. So how do you get it? Do the first two and stop. Just make an appointment and it's whatever, you know, 6.30 on, on Monday or whatever it is, whatever your appointment is, make the appointment, show up, be still in worship, and you're done. And as that becomes part of your life, then add the next one. Then uh, pray and, and read. And as that becomes part of your life over time, then add the next one. And I'm, I'm saying to you, if you'll meet with Jesus on a regular basis... I promise you, your ability to hear his voice will continue to go up and up and up. You will have greater clarity on what God's will and plan and heart and mind and motives are because you're getting to know him personally and now he's whispering to you and you're hearing it. You know, as I go back and, and I, look, I look back over my life, Of the things God has done in my life. Can I I just tell you something out of my own life? What sticks out to me is I just, you know, I've, I've walked with the Lord over 30 years, 30 something years, 32 years. And what sticks out to me in my journey with Jesus more than what God has done for me are the things God has said to me. When God has spoken to me, when i've heard his voice there's a there's a personal intimate connection that is validated between a believer and the father when we feel and hear his whisper and and, and it means so much to me that intimate closeness so my prayer is god put a hunger inside every person at Kingwood Church to hear and to know and to discern the voice of God. And I'll tell you why. It is one of the absolute greatest joys of the Christian life. And and for you to miss out on it. For you to just trudge away in in, in legalistic old uh, drudgery and dry obedience and dry routine, never hearing from God, never sensing His affirmation or love, never, never knowing the joy of seeing His voice operating in your life supernaturally. Man, <laughs> you're missing out on one of the best parts. And I promise you, if you're a believer, you've heard His voice talked about last week. How else did you get saved? What about the lady that was driving by this morning? We baptized her grandkids. What about her driving by the building? Something just kept telling me. wonder what that was. She heard God's voice. She could discern somehow and responded to what she knew. And look what happened. So, would you stand with me this morning? One of the greatest joys christian life is knowing god's voice so i want to ask everyone if you close your eyes and open your hearts i want to ask the prayer team if you'd come and we're going to end very very simple today i want you to ask the holy spirit right now i want you to ask him ask him for you you're not asking for anything else what are you saying to me through this message Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Maybe you want to say, what are you saying to me in this moment or in this season of my life? What are you saying to me? You know, maybe he's saying for you to make an appointment or, you know, value his voice. Maybe you need prayer in some area of your life. You know, maybe maybe you're the person we've been praying for this morning that God would draw you. That it's time today for you to recommit your life to Jesus because you've been wandering your own way and you've come to this point and God has said, today, I love you today. Let's do this today. Let's recommit today. Here's what I'm going to do. With every eye closed, I'm just gonna. As I prayed this morning, I, I felt. Here's what God wanted to do. I'm gonna give you virtually no direction. If the Holy Spirit is whispering to you, impressing you, you have a thought that's coming to your mind, and and you you know you know God is talking. You know God is touching you know God is dealing with you and you need prayer I want you to come and find one of the prayer team and just say the Holy Spirit I think speaking to me wants to do something in me so Holy Spirit I pray today you would draw every person that needs prayer God we, we surrender to you and I pray you would draw every person Every person in this room that needs prayer, I pray you draw right now by your own whisper, by your own impression, by your own voice. I pray you would increase our discernment so that we could know that you're talking to us. And and as it becomes true for you, real for you, that you know you need prayer, I want you to come. As the worship team begins to sing,